Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm glad you're here today. When I decide on an idea for a podcast episode, I always usually pick a topic that I personally am currently working on in my own life for myself, um, or, or it might be something I'm just really interested in, and so I want to dig deeper into it, um, or it's going to be something that I have watched make big changes in people's lives, usually in my clients' lives or something that's made a big impact in my life. And I wrote a newsletter about the topic of this episode. Um, I was out last month, depending on when you're listening to this one. And I just I decided to do an episode on the same thing, but with a bit more detail. So for this episode, I'm, I'm getting back into a deeper framework for existential change. And this is borrowed from IFS, Internal Family Systems Theory, and IFS is a mode of therapy that I often work in with particular clients, not everyone, but with particular clients who it kind of fits for and who struggle with like a core identity belief of not being good enough. Um, These clients tend to suffer with lower self-esteem, have perfectionistic tendencies, suffer um, a lot of times with higher functioning, anxiety, a couple other things thrown in there. But I also use parts of this theory when working with some of my weight loss coaching clients. And if you are someone who has a really hard time experiencing a sense or a feeling of satisfaction in life, you know, believe that you always have to be striving for something in order to feel normal or okay or Maybe you're someone who tends to compare yourself to others and then always feel like you are falling short. Um, Maybe you're someone who overthinks a lot if you're that overthinker. Uh, You might be someone who, where you often try to make changes you really, really want to make, like lose weight, get healthy, save money, make more money, behave better in relationships, regulate your emotions. Usually that's anger. People usually come wanting to figure out how to regulate their anger in healthier ways, um, you know, keep listening because this is a framework that can cover all those aspects in life and really help you to make the changes that you're really wanting to make while becoming who you really want to become. Just a quick interruption to talk about today's show sponsor, and that is the Amino Co. Amino Co. is a company that produces essential amino acid supplements 
and I have been using their life formulation for quite a while now. Supplementing with essential amino acids has been shown to help with appetite control as well as helping to support muscle maintenance and recovery. We really can't produce all the amino acids we need for optimal health directly in our bodies. We need to get some of them. They're called essential amino acids through our food or supplementation. And if we don't get these essential amino acids in on a regular basis, our bodies lose the ability to create and maintain muscle mass as well as bone density. And so making sure you're getting all the amino acids your body needs becomes really, really important, especially as we age. All of AminoCo's formulations have been tested in clinical trials, which show they enhance physical function and muscle strength and support heart health. I personally like knowing that along with getting in my dietary protein amount, I am also supplementing with the essential amino acids I want daily for my long-term goals of strength, muscle maintenance, and just staying healthy as I age. Some quick protocols to try if you want to give their products a try would be if you're someone trying to lose weight, you could take a scoop mixed with water in the morning and again in the afternoon, usually when you notice your energy slumping to just really help boost your appetite control. If you're an endurance athlete, I know I have some of you out there listening and you're doing longer than one hour of endurance work, you would take five to 10 grams per hour. So for example, when I do my really long bike rides, this is what I'm making sure I'm taking in every hour on that um, hour plus ride. If you're a huge worker outer, had a really, really tough um, physical day, a really, really big workout that day, then taking a scoop in water before bed has been shown to help with recovery. So since I felt the benefits of this product, I really want to share it with you. And because you are a listener of this podcast, you can try their products for 30% off. If you decide to give these a try and because you could use some help with appetite control and or want to supplement for muscle maintenance and recovery, then use my referral link, which is aminoco.com slash HH30. So that's A-M-I-N-O. CO.com forward slash capital H, capital H three zero. Uh, go to aminoco.com slash forward slash HH three zero. Choose your product or products and check out. Use the discount code HH three zero. Again, capital H, capital H three zero for 30% off your entire order. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode And then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. So I'm going to go through what the eight 
C's are, and then go into some very practical applications and techniques on how to work with the eight C's concept for quicker and sustainable weight loss, um, because that's the focus of this podcast. But but you could take this and use it for any change or goal you, that you're trying to implement and that you're trying to make stick. This is some of the deeper existential work I often talk about in this podcast. And it's my belief that this is the sort of deeper work, and, and there are many varieties, by the way, it's not just this one, um, that leads to permanent and more effortless states of being who we really want to be and who we were meant to be by design. So leading really full, meaningful lives that, you know, I guess I would say, this is how I think of it. Like the moment before we die, we can say, I lived my best life. The eight C's are described in IFS as the qualities of self. And when these qualities are cultivated and present at, as humans, we experience meaning, purpose, more moments of joy, a sense of integration, um, authenticity with ourselves, with others, and, and all of life aspects. And when we cultivate these eight parts of self, and by the way, there are also five Ps in this theory, presence, perspective, um, persistence, patience, and playfulness, but I'm going to save those for another time. Uh, so we're just going to focus on the eight C's, but we find, you know, we we feel less fear in life. We, we start to feel calmer in our ability to achieve goals or um, achieve new habits or implement behaviors that we're really wanting to, to implement um, become much more effortless. It comes so, it, be, it becomes so much easier to implement those things and to keep them going. Okay, so I'm going to give you just, I'm going to do a rundown of the eight C's and their definitions. So take a listen. So first we have curiosity. So this is a strong desire to know or learn something, to have a sense of wonder about the world and how things work all without judgment. That's a big piece of that. Next one's compassion, to be open-heartedly present and appreciative of others as well as yourself without feeling the urge to fix change, or distance from others or yourself, to simultaneously have empathy for others and a belief that the other has the capability to relieve his or her own suffering, to simultaneously have empathy for yourself and a belief that you have the capacity to relieve your own suffering. Next one is clarity, the ability to perceive situations accurately without distortion from extreme beliefs and emotions. Connectedness, the state of feeling a part of a larger entity like a partnership, a team, a community or organization could mean a connection to a higher calling above the circumstances of daily life. Courage, strength in the face of threat, challenge or danger. It's the willingness to take action towards a goal that others would find overwhelming. The ability to recognize the damage we do to others and then take action to make amends. So this is basically owning our own crap, right? The, the willingness to go inside toward our own pain and shame and carefully examine it and act on what we see. Next one is creativity. The use of imagination to produce original ideas. Uh, the, the ability to enter the flow state comes from being curious. And that's where, you know, expression 
spontaneously flows out of us and we're immersed in the in the pleasure of the activity itself, kind of being in the moment. The ability to create generative learning and solutions to problems is also a big part of creativity. We have confidence. So to maintain a strong belief in one's ability to stay fully present in a situation and handle or repair anything that happens, holding that belief, you know, no matter what, it's all okay and will work out the way it can. And then calmness. This is our last one. And this is a physiological and mental state. Um, it's, it's really that state of serenity regardless of the circumstance, right? So we can stay calm in the best of circumstances and in the worst of circumstances. And it really is about that physiological state as well as that mental state. All right, so let's talk about how to get started with the eight C's in your own life. So this is really the practical application piece. How do you use this? What do you do with it in order to gain its benefits? So you're gonna first need to grab a journal or a notebook, and I'm sure you knew that was coming. Look through the list or go through, re-listen re to the list of the eight C's, or you can Google them and find them, but look through the list of the eight C's and get really honest about the ones you may have already integrated with yourself as well as the ones you know are not present or not present enough in yourself. And just write down one of the C's that you want to start cultivating for yourself. And if you're still not sure what to choose, here's a hint. Write down the one that makes you the most uncomfortable. So when you read through that list, when you go back and look up that list or listen to it again, Think about which one is making me feel the most uncomfortable. Which one makes your body tighten up a little bit or maybe makes your stomach just drop a tiny bit or maybe your throat gets a little tight. Which one makes you feel the most uncomfortable? That uncomfortable feeling in your body is a deeper part of you recognizing what your brain doesn't yet want to bring to light for you. So again, that uncomfortable feeling in your body is a deeper part of you recognizing what your brain doesn't yet want to bring to light for you. So have the courage to go there. All right, I'm gonna give you a really personal example because I'm, I'm hoping that in doing some of that, it'll kind of help you understand how working through these eight C's can be incredibly helpful for change, for permanent change. So when I began this work, um, I chose compassion for my first one. And I knew that I held a lot of compassion for others. Um, really, that's been cultivated over the years simply because of my job. But I also grew up, um, you know, uh, with role models that where compassion for others was really, really important. So I, I really did have that. But I, as I got older, I realized I, I had zero compassion for myself. And my inner experience, my identity, was really based out of a place of shame and not being good enough and created a lot of fear and anxiety and perfectionistic tendencies. Um, and along with that came a need to control everything, my body, through food, through restriction, through exercise, um, control of others and who I was in close relationships with, control of my routine, you know, many things. So I was always trying to gain control. And, and that identity also cultivated all kinds of habitual negative self-talk that would loop over and over in my mind throughout the day and often in the background. You know, in doing this work, I learned how often, you know, that 
that negative self-talk was looping kind of even beyond my awareness. Um, so I, I could never really get, get into peace. I never really had a sense of peace or calm. I was always very tense in my body. I really knew I needed to cultivate compassion for myself. And I worked on this by, well, one of the things I did was writing compassionate, loving, and kind letters to myself, which was horribly uncomfortable. But slowly over time, through writing those letters, through reading, rereading those letters, the language I was using for myself started to change. So the the thoughts in my head and kind of what was playing, what was looping in the background, they started to shift. You know, my inner critic was still there and probably always will be, but I was now aware of when she was driving the bus, so to say, right? I, I started to become really cognizant of when she was in the driver's seat driving the bus in my mind. And I continued to practice, and I still do, being kind and loving and understanding and how I talk with her. And over time, I built a much healthier and better relationship with her. And she sometimes still likes to get up out of her seat in the back of the bus and try to drive, but it happens much less these days. And when she does get into the driver's seat, I almost always now notice and calmly direct her to the back and just say, you know, enjoy the ride because I got this, I'm driving. And once I cultivated this compassionate self-talk to become more of a habit in my thinking, other things started to change. So any changes I wanted to make in my life became so much easier. My, My relationships improved dramatically. My relationships with others, with food, with money, um, I was able to relax more often and just enjoy more moments in, in life. The, the tension that was constantly, that I constantly held in my body, you know, it was this tightness in my throat, tightness in my stomach and chest, digestive issues, clenched jaw, you know, these things started to dissipate, which in turn led, led to me feeling better, better physical health and better physical health led to better feelings and emotions which motivated even better choices in my everyday behaviors around others, around food, um, at work, you know, all those things. Okay, so I'm going to give you another example um, just so you can really get clear. I'm actually going to give you two more examples. So let's say you go through that list and you choose calmness. So first thing you would do is write about how you think more calmness would change your life. What is the reason or reasons to cultivate more calmness for yourself? Have you been trying to lose weight for good? Make a job change. Have a healthier, more fulfilling relationship with your significant other. How would having a greater sense of inner calmness create those things for you? Okay, so after you kind of come up with your compelling reasons, your whys, you know, why am I going to work on cultivating more calmness? Then you can do a little research on how to cultivate the the C that you're working on, calmness. There's so much info and research out there on each one of these C aspects with ideas on practical strategies to get you there. So uh, in this section, you would write out um, two of the strategies that you find that you're willing to incorporate on a daily basis and practice. Okay, and then the third thing you're going to do is you're going to make a physical note or you're going to put a reminder in your phone with an alarm that goes off or you're going to write these strategies that you've found into your schedule book or calendar. And here's the truth. Most of us have great intentions to make changes, 
But unless we get really strategic and practical, like scheduling it into our day, writing down a reminder for ourselves, putting a sticky note on the dash of our car to remind us, it's most likely not happening. We need repetition and practice to cultivate any of the eight C's. Okay, so um, I'm just, I told you we were talking about calmness, but let's just, I'm giving you the framework here for any of the C's you decide to work on. You're first gonna write out your compelling reasons. Why are you gonna work on that C, on that one particular thing? What's going on? Why do you wanna work on it? Why is it important to you? What's your compelling reason? Second thing you're gonna do, uh, once you have your compelling reason, second thing, you're going to do a little research on how to cultivate the C that you are working on, right? So again, so much information and research out there. So you're going to pick one or two strategies that you come up with to start cultivating it. And then third thing you're going to do, you're going to make a physical note or you're going to put a reminder into your phone with an alarm to make sure that you are remembering to practice cultivating the the C that you choose um, by using your strategy on a daily basis. All right. So now I kind of messed that up. I meant to give you a more concrete example. I didn't, I gave you a framework on how you're going to do this. Now I'm going to give you a concrete example, um, with calmness. So you've chosen calmness. So how would that possibly affect, um, and you've chosen calmness and your goal is weight loss. So how, if you do the work to cultivate more calmness in your life, how would that possibly affect weight loss. Okay. So when we, and this is what you'd be writing down when we are calm and in a relaxed state of being, you know, we no longer have that urge or that over desire to eat more than what our bodies need for nourishment. So many of us who struggle with yo-yo dieting, binging, restriction, emotional eating, use food to self-soothe. We use it to feel calmer, to relax our bodies because they are existing in a state of tension when we are not calm. So if you do the work to cultivate more calmness in yourself, you are going to find you automatically go, you go less to food for relaxation, for soothing, um, for calmness, because you're already cultivating that for yourself without food. And this creates sustainable weight loss and physical health. Okay. So now you have your compelling reason, your why to start to work on cultivating calmness. All right. Second thing, we're going to do, remember number two, we're going to do a little research. So if we do a little research, we find that to cultivate calmness in our bodies and minds, mindfulness training is one of the top strategies. We also will learn um, if we're doing this research, if we're kind of doing just, I mean, basic Google searches, we will learn that in mindfulness, there are different strategies that we can choose from as well. We, we can choose things like breathing protocols. We can choose things like guided mindfulness activities. We can just listen to through apps. We can choose NDSR, that's non-sleep deep rest, non-sleep, non-NSDR, non-sleep deep rest. I knew that acronym was wrong. It wasn't making sense. Uh, things like yoga nidra, taking five minutes to journal our thoughts and feelings we are currently experiencing. All those things are part of mindfulness and creates calmness in our minds and our bodies. Um, okay, so then number three, we can now make a physical note that we place on our nightstand next to our bed, reminding ourselves to practice five minutes of mindfulness before we get out of bed in the morning. Or the note might say to practice 20 minutes of yoga nidra after getting into bed in the evening before sleep. And by the way, practicing yoga nidra right before sleep will give you even better, deeper sleep. The research is really solid on it. 
Um, or we can put a reminder into our phone with an alarm that goes off at 3 p.m. in the afternoon that reminds us to take a five-minute break for a guided breathing protocol, okay? So we've done the one, two, three uh, step little uh, framework here to cultivate our seat, to cultivate calmness. Um, we wrote out our compelling reasons why, why we want to cultivate that C. We did a little research to find out a few specific strategies on how to cultivate, how to create that C that we're looking at. And then the third thing we did is we made a physical note. We created reminders. We created visuals to make sure to remind ourselves to engage in that strategy at very minimum once a day. All right, let's do one more example. Let's say you choose curiosity as your first C to work on. And um, the goal again, and just due to the nature of this podcast, let's just say your goal is to lose weight for good. All right, so you've chosen curiosity and your goal is to lose weight for good. So number one, what is my compelling reason? What is my big why for cultivating curiosity? Why is this important to me? Maybe it's because when I'm in a curious mindset, it's impossible for me to judge myself or others. So when I'm curious... I'm taking an interest in something and desire to learn more, to know more. And when I am engaged in curiosity, it takes away my ability to judge. And when I am judging myself or others, I am going to experience feelings of defeat, maybe disdain or comparison, not feeling good enough, or always thinking others are not good enough, which brings up feelings of frustration and shame and unwillingness and arguments <laughs> with others, um, resentment with others. All these feelings drive behaviors like giving up or restriction, which then starts the self-sabotage cycle of overeating and over-drinking and then more shame and the shame cycle. And you know, you guys, all, you all know where that goes. Um, it can also make us procrastinate. Um, we often will distract ourselves with food. So the importance of my why of curating curiosity is a way to stay willing to feel empowered. That's what staying curious does for us. When we feel willing and empowered, those feelings drive behaviors in which are less overeating and more of a willingness to stick with new healthy behaviors we are working to implement, we are practicing implementing. One other thing curiosity does versus judgment, when we are in curiosity, it creates less tension in our bodies. And maybe you're finding a pattern here, what happens when we have tension in our bodies. But curiosity creates less tension in our bodies. Judgment creates lots of tension in our bodies. The sensations that go along with the feelings created from curiosity are at the very least neutral, right? So when I'm in curiosity mindset, curiosity mode, my feelings are at most gonna be neutral. They are not gonna be negative. When we are in judgment of ourselves, of others, of food, the feelings that come with that, that come with judgment, create sensations in our bodies that produce tension, right? With judgment, we are feeling things like, frustration or defeat, and all these things produce tension in the body. And when our bodies are in tension, for most of us listening to this particular podcast, our brains just want our bodies to relax. And how do most of us relax? How do our brains know to get us to relax? With food. So the brain will throw up all kinds of urges and thoughts to eat and overeat. Curiosity, mindset, keeps us out of judgment, which reduces tension in the body 
and therefore does not require a relaxing fix of food. If we, by the way, you could replace food there with alcohol or anything you're using to kind of relax. If we do a little research on, okay, this is number two now. Remember, we got this three-step thing going. So that number two, if we do a little research on how to curate curiosity, we find that thought work is super helpful here. And one way is to ask questions, ask and ask and ask. So why was I thinking that? Was it helpful? Why did I overeat that? What happened right before? What was I thinking right before I started binging? What was I feeling? What could I do next time instead? We also might learn that staying open, having an open mind, practicing more flexible thinking when we notice we are in black and white. Um, Another word for black and white thinking is dichotomous thinking. When we are saying or thinking things like, that's a good food or that's a bad food or I had a bad day with food or I had a good day with food or I'm bad because I ate that or I'm good because I ate that. Recognizing this type of thinking black and white thinking, dichotomous thinking, and then pausing to ask questions. Get curious. What makes me think like this? Where did I receive this message? When did I learn or why do I think pizza is bad and kale is good? Practicing not taking things for granted is also another way to help you develop curiosity. So always looking deeper beneath beneath the surface of things and that's sort of what that questioning does for us. Okay, so now number three, we now have a few strategies to practice cultivating curiosity. So this is the part where you need to set your reminders in your phone. You need to write out your sticky notes and put them in places. You're going to see them throughout the day to really make sure you take moments daily to be practicing these strategies to um, cultivate curiosity for yourself. Okay, (laughs) we talked about the eight C's as a framework for deeper lasting change. And I gave you a bunch of examples on how you can work through the eight C's on your own through journaling. I do enjoy doing some of this work with my clients and partnering together in some of it, but journaling on it can be super, super helpful as well. I I do hope that you will take a little something away from this episode. I know it's a little bit deeper work, takes a little bit more time and thought, but it really is so um, helpful and beneficial. Um, maybe it's something at least you can just mull over a little bit this week and maybe even go in a bit further by following the practical application framework I laid out and engaging in the intentional cultivation of one of the C's that you know would bring benefit to your life. I hope you do. I have watched this work transform my own life and so many of my clients' lives. It is the deeper work that creates lasting change for ourselves. If you found something useful or helpful or valuable, um, would you please pass it along to someone else you think might find it valuable, helpful, or useful? Uh, You passing along the podcast is really what is causing this podcast to grow so quickly, and um, I really appreciate when you do that. If you can give the podcast a review from the platform you're listening to, Uh, just even hitting that five-star review button, but even writing something out is also, um, it really does matter in how other people can find this podcast. It's the way the logarithms work. So the more you can um, write uh, feedback, comments, give it a five-star review, write reviews on the podcast platform that you're listening to, uh, it really does help support 
this podcast. All right, that's it for now. We will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.